Hello, everybody. Welcome. Today is just not a great day. It's a fabulous day because I get to talk on the Energy Newsbeat podcast. My name's Stu Turley, President and CEO of the Sandstone Group, and I've got Alex Rossman here. He is a extraordinary CEO that we get to talk to. Alex is the CEO at Rossman Media. Hey, thank you, Alex. Appreciate you stopping by. Thanks for having me, Stu. I'm excited for this. I already like the energy. This is going to be a good one. Oh, hey, thank you. I, I've had, if you noticed before, while we were chit-chatting, I had about four espressos while we got going. <laughs> yeah, gotta have some espressos, but I- It doesn't I, show. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I just appreciate you reaching out and we're gonna have some fun because I wanna learn on what you've done. As we were chit-chatting in the beginning of this, you had started uh, Rossman uh, Media, what, eight years ago, nine years ago? It was actually a little over seven, but it, it seven. feels feels probably more. more Is like it like that. dog years? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah dog years. Right. Exactly. Okay. So, what prompted this? So, you know, I I've got kind of an interesting, you know, backstory. Um, it's not the typical, you know, went to school to become a CEO of a marketing agency. I actually was a singer songwriter and producer um, in college, and even right after college with uh, with a record label and did some touring. And so I, you know, did wow. music while also promoting my own music. So that was a big part of kind of my early, you know, kind of early to mid 20s. And then, you know, obviously to, to pay the bills, I had a, a nice corporate job uh, in San Diego at ADP, which is a big payroll company, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. If anyone's been paid, you know, via paycheck, you'd see the ADP logo somewhere on that check. So I was in sales and marketing, did about two years there and realized, you know, it was, first of all, great training. So anybody looking to get into sales training, I I think that is a great way to start your career. Um, But I wanted to do something different. I've always been very entrepreneurial. Even at a young age, I always say that I feel like entrepreneurs, you know, they beat to their own drum, they break rules, they don't stay in the line. I've always been that way. And so I wanted to find a career path that meshed my creative side. Right. And my sales and marketing side, and I'm an accidental marketing agency owner, and you know, been doing it now a little over seven years. Accidental? Uh, that's like the <laughs> accidental uh, tourist. Or uh, when, when I was growing up, we'd step in a pile and call it accidental. You know? Yeah. So yeah, uh, there's a lot of things that are accidental. And it sounds like it was really good. Uh, who's your clients? So we work with Fortune 500 enterprise clients all the way down to startups. So our whole methodology is we want to work right. with mission-driven brands that, you know, we believe in and support. So we're actually the first, nice. you know, agency that you probably see out there in the marketplace that we probably turn down more prospective clients than we bring on, not to be super exclusive or, right. you know, uh, you know, but really more so to get behind brands for the long term, you know, help them yeah. in every inflection point of their growth. And, and that's been a really exciting journey for, for for us. I mean, we've worked with the Airbnbs of the world, you know, down to, you know, your small right. mom and pop shops. Wow. Now you couldn't do this alone. How do you find help? <laughs> First couple of years, I did it alone. I think there's a, probably a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of listeners here that are, we, we call solopreneurs, wow. but you know, after a while, you know, you kind of bring on clients you bring on staff, bring on more clients, bring on more staff. And now we're at the stage where we're a little over 50 full-time employees and wow. growing like crazy. So no, you definitely get to a point where you cannot do it alone. And you know, that's where it really gets important to, you right. know, attract the right people. 
Oh, absolutely. And, and so when you sit back and kind of go, I'm dead meat without my staff. And uh, I, I just absolutely love them. Uh, their number one job, Alex, is to keep me from looking stupid. They've got a full time <laughs> job just to do that. Uh, and they even the producers even cut out my fat side. So, you know, I, I, I'll tell you what, when you sit back and go, you're, when you're finding your customers, uh, I have found on our podcast that industry thought leadership works. And we built a machine uh, that is on our, from our news site, industry thought leadership, and then it fans out to all the social. Uh, we're currently getting uh, between uh, 20 and 30,000, 50,000 people a day on our website. And it's all because of my guests. It's all because of the news. It's because of the way my employees have notched it up. It's not me. So when you sit back and take a look at thought leadership, Alex, how do you reach out to the CEO of the Airbnbs of the world and say, you need to, as a CEO, get in front of your clients? How do you do that? Yeah. You know, I, I love that. And first of all, congratulations. I mean, hitting that amount of viewership is is awesome. I mean, that's just it, clearly you're providing a lot of value to your listeners. Guests are great, too, but you're, you're asking the right questions, clearly, and people want to share it. So so kudos to you. So, you know, to your question, here's what I'll say is that, you know, right. building value in what you're doing. I think some people think that they just have to be on camera They've got to, you know, push some sort of, you know, agenda. Really what it comes down to is you've got to put yourself in your audience's shoes. You've got to think about what what are their pain points, what gets them going, what keeps them up at night. Once you know that, then you're speaking from a place of knowledge and thought leadership where they see value in what you're saying. So for, for instance, I mean, when I was getting started, it was the San Diego Chargers when they were in San Diego. That was our first client. And it just took persistence of sharing what I believe would would help them versus, hey, here's my sales pitch, buy from me. It was more so, hey, here's where I see areas of opportunity. Here's how we can help you. And when you come come at it from a place of service versus, you know, buy me, buy this, buy that, you'll start to see that naturally you attract people. And so again, my, my first piece of advice is to be of service. And what you'll attract from that is incredible. Isn't that fun? So when you now, when you do your podcast and your messaging, do you produce podcasts for other folks and things? We do. So some clients, you know, that's a part of their marketing strategy. You know, they they want yep. to, you know, be on camera. They want to talk with other like-minded entrepreneurs. So, you know, right. I think this is a great outlet, particularly CEOs that are comfortable in front of the camera, want to share right you know, their knowledge and their skill set to the rest of the world. I think this is a, an incredible outlet. What were some of the hardest things uh, that you had to overcome, like getting a bank, you know, getting permits? Uh, I mean, it's not like you're getting a liquor license. I have to go get a liquor license uh, for people that listen to the show. You know, I got to get them at least, you know, to put out that uh, five-star rating. We got to get them all happy and everything. <laughs> but what were some of your hardest things that you had to do? Ooh, well, do we have a few <laughs> hours? We'll be, we'll be here for a while. No, you know, I think... In entrepreneurship, Stu, I mean, I'm sure you know, and and through talking with people, you know, there is no straight line to success, right? There just, there isn't. There are so many ebbs and flows along the way. And my philosophy is as long as you're still moving as, and you're still, 
not stopping because there's a lot of times where I think many people would throw in the towel. You know, there's right. You, know, you lose a big client or you lose a, a critical, you know, employee. Um, there's financial restraints, constraints. I mean, there are so many things that right. can go wrong in running a business, but I think the biggest thing is just to capitalize on the momentum, continue to move. And the worst thing you can do is stop. You've got to overcome those obstacles. And frankly, you got to be you know, comfortable with being uncomfortable because being an entrepreneur is uh, not for the faint of heart. <laughs> no. And I love the way you're phrasing that. Uh, you got to keep moving. For me, that means something else. Uh, you know, at my age, I love bike riding. I've got to be nice. bike riding. And when I absolutely, I'm, I'm very grumpy when I can't do that. Yes. Um, and needless to say, my wife just says, you know, you're being a bonehead. And I just say, okay, <laughs> great. I'm going to the lake house. No, I mean, I'm yeah. getting on the bike. So, <laughs> and so getting but, on the bike to go to the lake house, right? No, <laughs> ooh, that would be, <laughs> that, I, I just started sweating thinking about how hard that would be. Um, yeah. but as we sit here and think about this, what are some things and advice that you would give? to some of someone thinking I'm tired of being behind a desk. I would like to get my own thing. What do you, what is some of the advice there? Well, nothing happens overnight. So I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people, you know, naturally think that, you know, they can flip a switch, go from a corporate job to running their own business in a matter of weeks. Right. It's just not the case. So my recommendation is for somebody that really wants to start their own business is start it as a side hustle, right? So you've got your nine to five right. job, you're, you're, you're collecting that paycheck because you need that, right? So you're essentially right. going to have to get comfortable with working nine to five, taking a break and then working six to midnight and, you know, uh, burning the midnight oil. I think it is so important that you look at it as truly, if you want to make it, you know, uh, something that you can actually pursue as a career, you're going to have to really work hard at it. And you're going to have to make a lot of sacrifices in your life to get there, yeah. but it's doable. And especially if it's something that you really feel that you can't live without, and it's, it's, it's a calling for you. It's something you're passionate about, something that you're good at. That would be my recommendation. What was the worst presentation you gave as a CEO? Probably the first one of the San Diego Chargers. I think, you know, you talk about like fake it until you make it. I, you know, I walked in there, you know, why would a major professional football team spend any marketing dollars with a guy that just started his company yesterday right. and trying to sell them on this whole new ticketing package and social media? So, you know, it was a... It was a good meeting because I ended up getting them as a client, which is awesome. Right. But, you know, it was a it was a tough presentation. It was it was, you know, you're in a sitting in a boardroom with C-level executives. You know, I'm in my early 20s and it just it was uh, it was hard hitting to say the least. But, you know, through those, you know, I guess bad presentations with that, which right. that one definitely was not my on my A game. It definitely you learn a lot. You know, you, you learn yeah. where, you know, your faults were, how you can get better. And, you know, it's you, you got to have them so you can continue to improve. I'll tell you, I'm going to do a little inside baseball as opposed to a little inside football. There we go. But my worst presentation in my career was uh, I was doing it at a major airline for major executives. And my fly was undone as I'm up there walking around. And if you can only imagine, I present with my hands and I'm doing this yeah. and I'm down. I'm like, holy smokes. 
So I take a pen and I throw it into the briefcase behind me and I proceed to zip my fly up and then I start to turn around, except I can't stand up. I've got my fly stuck in my zipper <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, this is the, one of the biggest presentations I've ever done. And so I'm sitting there and I just start, yeah, I, I, I get the fly that out of there and there's threads hanging out of the zipper <laughs> and, uh, Anyway, I got the order. So, you know, that's hey, what there about. you go. But you know, yeah. that is uh that story definitely trumps mine. That is that's a good one. <laughs> I, I've done so many stupid things. Like I said, that goes back to the first thing my my staff has to do is keep me from being stupid. But <laughs> um when we sit down and talk about the chargers, you had to go up from there. Now, how did you support yeah. them? Because if you were just starting out, you only had a few. Did you like work 90 hours a week? Yeah, great, great question. Absolutely. I mean, you get that deal, then you realize, okay, well, I did the first part of it. I got the sale. Now I have to deliver. And I think there's a lot of, you know, entrepreneurs are just getting started in a similar boat. You, you've got the deal. Right. That's great. But now you've got to deliver. And that's where it gets tricky, right? I, I mean, you've right. got to, that's how you build value. That's how you build trust. So the last thing I want to do, especially somebody that's putting their name on the business is to not deliver. So yes, it was long hours. It was, you know, hiring the right contractors to help get that, you know, project right. done. And fortunately it turned out great. And, you know, I, I will tell you it's from that one deal, there has been multiple deals that have been referred because of that. So, you know, again, I, cool. I always preface that if you can deliver and especially what you promise, uh, you know, that adds so much in terms of incremental value. Oh, uh, absolutely. And so as you sit there and you build on the next one, I think you, you nailed it with the reference. You know, if you get that reference when you, when you do, but I loved your comment. Uh, good news is I got the PO <laughs> bad news. I got the PO <laughs> double-edged sword for sure. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, I'd almost have to do a Scooby-Doo on that one on a few of my clients that I got, you know, it was like rut row. Um, <laughs> I'm going to steal that one, the Scooby-Doo. I like that. Oh, yeah. Me and Shaggy, you know, right. Uh, but or uh, Yoda, we can break down into Yoda imitations. I love there doing we go. that. There we but go. As you come around the corner. Smart you are. Mm, trouble you are. Mm. <laughs> Way better. Way better. <laughs> okay. I'm old, but mentally I'm 12. Uh, okay. I love it. Still a kid at heart. Oh, yeah. I you love know. it. You know, um, I've got a, a business partner that is absolutely one of the greatest millennials on the planet. And I love him. He's one of my co-hosts for the uh, Energy News Beat. And uh, he puts a whole new definition on millennial. So yeah. uh, I have to say that I have to keep up with him. And he teases that he has a hard time keeping up with me. So um, <laughs> with Rossman Media, what kind of services do you provide that got the San Diego Chargers hooked? And did you, I'm going to ask two parts here. Uh, Alex, when you went in there, how did you change your business model to get to the next customer? So you see where I'm going with this? Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, you know, we, I should say we, I, at that time, <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, really started with what I thought would serve them versus, you know, what do I offer? It's more so what could benefit them and then go source the talent to get it done. Right. right. So I think that was where it started was, you know, tailoring a service 
to the client that I knew would provide the most ROI, right? So that's how it started. And then great question is how do you kind of continue to scale that and then hone in really where your strengths are? And for us, as we did continue to grow and hire employees, it was social media. So it was focusing in on building strategies around social media where, you know, you're focused on creating content like this. You're focused on running ads to drive new customers, new clients, working with influencers. So as you mentioned, other thought leaders or creators to help cross promote, you know, the brand. And so that's really where we've honed in our skill set over the years. And you know, that's really what's attracted some of the the bigger, more heavy hitters uh, to what we're doing. Well, fantastic. If you want to name drop, go ahead and throw some of them out there. You threw <laughs> out uh, Chargers and Airbnb. Yeah, um, we worked with Nike, uh, Orange Theory Fitness, uh, gosh, Saks Fifth Avenue. Uh, right. So we've, we've had some really fun, nice. fun established brands. But, you know, again, I... I love helping businesses grow. So some of the best case studies, you know, we have aside from ones that are obviously well established is right. seeing some of these businesses go from zero to hero in a matter of a year and really having that success yeah. attributed to our marketing efforts. That's that's what gets me excited about what I do. I'm sorry, that is really darn cool. Because I have almost the same passion for helping people do their getting started with podcasts. I have friends that I've been helping and it's kind of fun to see them from their first podcast going sweaty palms and asking questions and and going, and they're afraid of the microphone. And once they get past that, then all of a sudden their numbers start rolling through and then it starts going into the D and then it starts rolling. So, uh, you know, helping somebody like that is pretty amazing. It is. And I, and I love that. I mean, I think, you know, you've got, and you do it so well naturally, but, you know, letting down your guard and being, you know, authentically yourself, you know, is, is what people want, you know, people buy from people and it's, it's so important to tell your story, you know, authentically, you know, versus feeling forced. And it takes time, you know, it takes practice with anything. Oh yeah. I mean, um, fortunately we got some bloopers that are like, I'm, Pretty well, like mm, that shouldn't have been aired. <laughs> <laughs> I love bloopers though too. I, I I'm, I'm uh, definitely somebody that ends up watching the bloopers of movies or shows right. that I like because I I love to see some of that. You know, some of the behind the scenes things that you'd never anticipate. <laughs> well, Alex, as a person, you seem to like helping others. What tell us what made you the CEO, or what are some of your personal things? Yeah. Well, not really personal, but personal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How far are we going here? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I would say, you know, I've, I've always been someone that, that wants to help people naturally, right. you know, I almost to a fault <laughs> at times, you know, personally, but, right. you know, I, uh, you know, I really believe that if you are of service, you can be of service to someone, you know, right. not only does it, it make you feel good, but it truly helps everybody around you. And I feel that, you know, in a world where everybody's kind of me, 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 I, 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 I kind of take the approach of like, how can I, how can I be of service? How can I help? And, you know, that's worked out well for me. I mean, I, here's what I'll say is that in running a company, you know, you, you definitely look at things a lot differently as you continue to grow and, and expand, but at the core of everything, you know, our people, our clients always come first. Isn't that cool? 
Yeah. It, our employees know the same thing. It's like, you know, customer first, but I'll tell you, I try to have as much fun as I possibly can. And uh, it, it is, uh, I feel sorry for my wife. Uh, she had three kids, my son, my daughter, and me, and she still <laughs> hasn't, she has not raised me at all. So um, <laughs> what is next for Alex and uh, Rossman? Um, firm media. Yeah. So we are actually in the process of what I call, we're building a marketing dream team. That is our, our goal right hmm. now. As we talk about service, we want to bring in more and more top talent, top senior level marketing talent, so we can continue to right. serve and help grow businesses of all sizes. So what we've been doing is we're actually acquiring other marketing agencies that have a certain specialization nice. that can kind of roll into the fold. So we've got uh, some exciting, you know, things in the works there in terms of uh, acquiring a couple other agencies this year and and continuing to build out the team. So that's that's really what's next for us this year, which is uh, very exciting. Uh, that is extremely cool. And I'm finding that even in a weird economy, there's a couple things uh, yeah. we are in healthcare, energy, and uh, a few others. And uh, it's nice not having your, your, um, all your eggs in one market. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, I actually just saw a video today that was talking about just that is, you know, you don't want to be super volatile in one area, you know, for right. us, you know, it's marketing services as a whole, but there's so many different industries that that agencies serve right. with different capabilities. And so you're exactly right. It's really important to to be as, you know, diversified as possible. Right. Uh, you know, I'm I am not a, a fan of social media, but unfortunately I have to use it. And I'm only using yeah. uh, LinkedIn and Twitter. Uh, I yeah. think it's an absolute hoot that uh, Elon uh, bought it. And Elon, when you're listening to this podcast, uh, go ahead and work with our agency, our uh, folks, and we're going to hire Alex to to book you. So, but uh, I just I'm kind of like nervous about how you get your word out on social media when they're trying to manage what people see. What happens if you have a client, let's say in the energy space? Yeah. How, you know, what do you do there? Yeah. Well, you're not the only person that that has, you know, some of those concerns and, and fears. And, you know, there's a lot of that's just around the data that these social media platforms uh, right. hold on to, right? It's a... You know, there's there's benefits for sure. I, I will say the benefits are more so for brands because they're able to target more effectively. So, right. you know, if I'm a brand and I'm trying to get to a specific audience, that data oh, is yeah. helpful for marketers. So I will say there's 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 good in that. And I'm sure everyone that's listening has clicked on a product and that product seems to just kind of follow them everywhere. And that's where that data comes in. Um, you know, where I think things get a little sticky is you know, how social platforms censor certain topics, right? And kind of picking and choosing what information right. is being put out there. Um, and that's where I think, it, you know, a lot of these conversations are stemming, you know, within legislation is, you know, how much power should a social media company have uh, when it comes to right. data and the information being shared? I, I've been the firm belief of also controlling your own destiny, like a CEO, but also controlling your own channel. That's why I've built news yep. channels and, and media and Substack. Are you doing anything with Substack? I'm I'm impressed with Substack. Yeah. That's an amazing platform. 
It, it is. Yeah. And I have got to say, Stu, I love that you said that because that is a huge thing that we bring up to our clients is nice. try to own your own data, you know, try to own your own thing, your own platform, right. because that's tried and true. You know, that's going to follow yep. you forever. You know, you build a good community that loves your podcast or loves your content right. and really sees value in it. It's very much like having subscribers or, you know, having specific, you know, if you're watching, you know, people, there's all these cults that just love certain TV shows, right. That are just cult right. followers of it. If you can build that level of following, you know, that's, that's honestly the most impactful that can come through an email list. It can come through building your own website right. and newsletter. There's so many ways to do that. You know, what's funny is uh, I'm not seeing everybody following what you're saying and, and what we've seen. And that is, you know, we take the individual thought leadership and we we drop it to the website. Like I said earlier, we fan it out, but then we put it out on Substack. We put it out in all of the original channels. Then we even transcribe because then I can see time on page. You know, if somebody's reading it, then you can. Uh, so Dr. Google loves it when it's integrated in, you know, and yeah. you're, you're sitting there, you've got it on YouTube, you've got it. And I love the fact that my employees have come up with all these other ways to help him proof. And, and, and that to me is, is just really cool. Yeah. Um, and I think if you can use some of these tools like a Substack, like a YouTube, like Google, I mean, you know, they can also be wildly advantageous for a company that's really trying to grow their following. I mean, you know, yeah. there's, you know, again, kind of the double-edged sword, but you've got to ask yourself, I mean, is it worth it? And, and for many businesses, it really is because you can gain right. such a large following. And if you can bring people back to you by leveraging some of these platforms, you know, I, I say right. go for it because that is is single-handedly the best thing you can do uh, as a business. And that's really, you know, where a lot of our service is kind of modeled wow. around. Well, we were uh, able to raise uh, very good money for uh, firms and we had our very good targeted uh, information and we taught the thought leadership. And we just picked that same model up after I built the engine for us and then dropped it into other markets. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it really does work when you start really providing those services. You've nailed yeah. everything. I've stumbled into some of these things and it seems like you were... Ahead, way ahead of those. But as we sit here and turn the corner into this, how do you get your call to actions? Because that to me was some of the hardest things mm -hmm. to try to get done. Um, looking for accredited investors or yeah. investors that are being hit by taxes until yeah. California started going nutty. Um, it yeah. was really tough. Then you just target people that are leaving California and they're still going to get taxed <laughs> when they leave California. Yeah. That was That's an easy market to go get. The call to actions when we uh, sit back and it was really, really tough finding that accredited investor for my clients. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you define call to actions? Because you have call to actions on, by the way, we've just spun up TikTok and you ain't going to find me as a dancing bear on TikTok. I'm not <laughs> dressing up or, or as we talked about uh, dressing up as Scooby-Doo. I'm not, yeah. doing, but yeah. you know, maybe I will. If I get it, you know, if I get a bunch <laughs> of followers, I'll do it. Just kidding. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to get you there so I can see that. That'll be hilarious. Uh so here you talk about call to actions. I, you know, it's it's about hitting on pain points, right? What's something that 
you know, is going to immediately make somebody click through. And it, it's a science, right? It's, it's identifying, right. okay, first of all, who you're targeting, which, you know, before we cut out here, we were talking about, you know, people in California moving outside, talking about taxes, all these things. You've got to, you got to understand those pain points and the call to action has to be short. Right. It has to really be able to get somebody to say, oh, I, I need this. I need to understand, you know, and it could be as simple as, you know, providing a resource. We talk about being a service. I mean, one of the best things that we do is there's, there's no barrier of entry. Click through, get the information you need. And and that's that. So sometimes, you know, we put too much thought behind how can we monetize something? How can we get somebody to give us their email? Things like that. But if you do it right, sometimes we look at everything from top of funnel down to bottom of funnel. This is marketing jargon. But top of funnel is just is providing answers to what somebody has questions on. So it's about it's about taxes, things like that. Getting that, you know, it could be a a newsletter, it could be a blog content, you know, click over here to see. Blum, blah, 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 whatever it is, you want to get somebody to click through based off of a pain point. And then you've captured their data. You can continue to retarget to them. And then as they start to, you know, we talk about seeing a product or service seven times before they make a buying decision. Right. You know, it's best thing you can do is just get people to click through. And it's, it's a science. It's not, you know, not, not perfect, but as long as you know your audience, it makes it easier. Well, I'll tell you what, Alex, um, you know, I just so appreciate you stopping by the podcast today. How do people find you? I know you're on LinkedIn, but yep. tell us uh, about your firm and how they get a hold of you. You can follow me on Rossi Live. That's my handle on Instagram. Uh, probably the best way to see everything that's uh, coming through Rossman Media and and you know my own personal yeah. endeavors. And then to visit Rossman Media, you can go to rossmanmedia.com. Check out everything that we've got going there from case studies to services. Um, and then, of course, on LinkedIn, I try to share as much as I can there. Nice. Well, how can I help you? Ooh. Good question. Well, you know what? This was helpful in and itself. It's good to talk with other, you know, like-minded podcast hosts. And, you know, I hope that, you know, you can help us maybe produce a uh, a podcast of our own. I think right now we're pretty heavy into, you know, being a guest, but I think ultimately we need to practice what we preach. <laughs> oh, Ed, we'll talk after. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And and thank you to all our listeners. Uh, reach out to me. At, if you're a industry thought leader, a CEO, I want to talk to you and uh, we want to share what you all know. Again, my name is Stu Turley, President and CEO of the Sandstone Group. Thank you for stopping by the Energy News Beat.